the word says. I think that's where a lot of people are missing it. Until you do what God says in his word, you really don't see the benefit. and You can't reap the benefit until you do. So Jesus said, everyone who hears these sayings of mine and practices them, I will liken that person to be as a wise person. A wise man who builds his house on a rock. So if you're not practicing the word, you are really a fool in the mind of God. Because you're not going to reap the benefit. Now, the storm will come. The wind will blow. And the only way you can stand is by doing what the Word says. In my life, what I do is as soon as I see something in the Word that is new, uh, what I'm hearing from another preacher or I'm studying, I'm looking for something to do, to practice it and believe it. And God has never failed me, not a single time. Never has He failed me. And I'm so glad for that. And I'm beginning to have even greater confidence. I shared with us some time ago when God called me into the ministry. I talked a lot about healing. But I had never seen a lot of healing. But then God shared with me what to do. How to pray with the deaf and the dumb. And I had my opportunity to do that. Now it was an exciting time. Uh, You don't know what the outcome will be. But you obey God. I knew that Jesus stuck his fingers into the ears. And then he said, open in Jesus' name. So I did the same thing. And guess what? Person can hear. It's in the deaf. I'm in the dumb. Speak. So God can do it. Is this because he's a pastor? No. I guarantee you, no. Did I feel really anointed to the point where the anointing was right on my teeth? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no. So most of the time felt nothing. It's the truth. Because the word will stand for by himself. The word of God. The word of God will always work. All we need to do is act on it. That's why we come to church. So we can hear the word of God and not be a forgetful hearer. But do what the word says. The word will provide for itself. The Lord himself will provide the lamb. So this morning I'll be speaking on the need for humility. The need for humility. Why does God want humility in us? What does he want to do with that in our lives? The need for humility in our lives. Not the humility that is seen on the outward. Because people can act um, humble. You know, act that way. That, that's, that's not accepted with God. Sometimes that could be just false humility. Where all you see in the outward is humility in the outward. And people give praise. Ah, he's so humble. And he's so this. And the person is drinking in it. He made so much sacrifice. Oh, look. <laughs> uh, if it's not coming from the heart, God doesn't bless it. There is a reason that God wants his people to be humble. You profit from humility with God. Promotion comes from humility with God. If God sees pride... You're not going anywhere with it. You're coming down. Humility is so important. 
And it's got to be humility that is coming out of the heart. Father, in Jesus' name, give us ears this morning that can hear. Hearts that can understand. Eyes that can see. You promised us that that's what you've given to us. We accept that this morning from you. The blinders are taken off so we can see. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now in Matthew chapter 11 verse 28 through 30, Jesus said, Come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly that's humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come to me if you've been struggling. You're trying to do it. You've done everything you know to do. You're using your own wisdom to, to, to take care of the problem. You're working really hard. You're spending time. You're working late. You're doing everything that you know to do. But you still don't have rest. Meaning you haven't gotten what you're looking for. You're striving. Jesus said, you qualify. All you need to do is come to me. Come, come, come. Maybe you've been striving against sin, and I have it in your life. Maybe some addiction, whatever it is. You've struggled, you've used your wisdom, you've read books, you've done everything that you know to do. But you still don't have rest. Jesus said, come, come, come. Maybe you fasted, you've prayed, you've done all the outward thing, and it's still not working. <laughs> he says, come, come, come to me. And here, who alone can give rest, will give you rest. You can find rest by yourself. It's not available. He has to give it. And when he gives you rest, everything in your life is taken care of. You have peace. That's rest. He says, take my yoke upon you. This is in addition to that. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. Take my yoke upon you. See, if you are a Christian, if you have accepted Christ, do you, have you taken his yoke upon you? Do you even know what that means? Have you taken his yoke upon your life? What is Christ's yoke? You read the scripture. Have you ever thought about it? What is his yoke? What does he want you to put on you? He says, you want rest? Leave your burden. Take my yoke upon you. And learn from me. Learn from me. You won't learn from him until you have taken his yoke upon yourself. You need his yoke to learn. His yoke, Jesus said in, in uh, John chapter 4, verse 34, He said, my food is to do the work that my Father gave to me and to finish it. My work, my food, what I eat, I consume that. I'm consumed by that. That's my yoke. I want to do the work that my father gave to me, and I want to finish it. That was all he was concerned about in life. I believe that was his yoke. What has the father given to you? 
Have you even asked him? Jesus knew what the Father gave to him to do. Do you even know? Now in John chapter 17, verse 4, Jesus was praying the high priestly prayer. He said, Father, I have glorified your name on the earth. I have glorified your name on the earth. He said, the work that you have given to me, I have finished the work. (laughs) Can you say that? When it's time for you to go? He knew what the Father had given to him. He knew when he had finished the work. And because he had finished the work, he could confidently say to his Father, I have glorified your name on the earth. Paul said, I have finished the race. I fought a good fight. You remember the scripture? He knew what he was given. I have finished. I am not ready to go home. Peter said the same thing. I am now ready to be offered. Believers, just like us. They took the master's yoke. And they learned from him. They learned from him. It says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I want to learn from Jesus. I want to learn what's his secret. What is the secret of his success on the earth? There's no greater name on the earth today. Amen? No greater name than the name of Jesus in the heavens and on the earth. No greater name. Learn from me. You want to be great? Learn from me. What does he want you to learn? What secrets are these? For I am gentle and humble in heart. That's what you need to learn. You want to be successful? You need to learn the lesson of humility. Gentle. Gentleness. Gentle and lowly in heart. We'll talk about this. We're not talking about the physical thing that you will see. That's, that's beyond that. Notice what he said. Lowly in heart. It's got to be something, not just something that men see, but something that goes beyond that, that God himself sees. And when you have that, you will have rest. You will have rest. He says... My yoke is easy and my burden is light. If you're worried about taking his yoke, it's not going to be that difficult. He's going to make life better for you. A lot of people don't get saved because they are afraid. It's going to be a burden for them when they get saved. They will be missing out on a lot of fun. You are being deceived by the devil. You can only have true fun on the earth when you take his yoke upon you. Every man, every man, You need his yoke on the earth. This was the God man. He created the world. He he knows how things should work on the earth. You want to make it or not? You need him to direct you. And how? He says, take my yoke. You have rest. All of your needs will be met. Amen. Every part of every need in your life. To learn gentleness. Like the master. And lowliness of heart. Let me let you know this. There is no exaltation without humility. You can't be exalted by God without humility. The greater your humility before God, 
the greater your exaltation. They may not see it now, but get it into you today. Tomorrow, people will see the result. This is the reason why God wants it. To promote you. Just to promote you. Because he loves us so much. Check, with me, check these scriptures with me. Philippians chapter 2 verse 8 and 9. He says, and being found, that's Jesus, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. Even the death of the cross. Therefore God also, because of that, is there for something. Therefore God also highly exalted him. And gave him a name that is above every name. Here on earth and there in heaven. There will be no greater name than the name of Jesus. Never. Never. It's never going to happen. There's not going to be another being on earth or in the heavens that will come with a greater name. How did he arrive at that place? He humbled himself. He was God. It says, and being found in appearance as a man. You know what that says? If you are a man, you must stay humble. Once you are found as a man, this is a requirement for a man. It's a divine requirement for every man to be humble. In the sight of God. A divine requirement. Being found in appearance as a man. If you know you are a man. There should be no place in your life for pride. Because when pride comes in. You are no longer just a man. You are something else before God. And you are coming down. He doesn't like that. Because the only reason he humbled himself. Is because he was found as a man. Men ought to be humble. That's the way it's supposed to be. Jesus was the real man. The rest of them are flakes. That includes me. He was the real man. And the real man ought to be humble before God. And when you do it, he was so humble even to the point he never seized on his eternal Godhead. Being a man, he humbled himself to the point of death. And because he did that, you know what that says? If you're not humble, you can't obey God. You don't have what it takes. You may obey him in certain areas, but other areas will be lacking. Amen. Humility is what gives you the power from God to do what is right. Humility before God. He humbled himself, so he obeyed even to the point of death. We need humility for exaltation. For God to exalt us. You know, in Mark Mark chapter 9, verse 34 and 35, the disciples were arguing among themselves as to who is going to be the greatest. And they argued, and uh, behind Jesus, they thought they were hiding it from him, but he already knew. And afterwards he called them. He says, what were you guys arguing about on the way? (laughs) They were all silent. (laughs) He said, he sat them down. And he said to them, 
Any of you that wants to be the greatest among you must humble himself and be the servant of the rest of them. You want to be great? Be the servant. That's what the Bible says. He emptied himself. Jesus did. And now he is the greatest. This is the way to the summit. There is no other way. Humility before God. And that's why James tells us in James 4 verse 10. Humble yourself. In the sight of God. Not in the sight of men. In the sight of God. And he'll lift you up. When God sees that humility in you, you're going up. He sees pride, you're going down. And it's pride that made a lot of people when you give like an altar. They don't want to go. They don't want anybody. They don't want to humble themselves. They won't receive Jesus, not in any presence. They push it off. Pride. Pride goes... In the, before destruction, we were in a meeting with I was with a few pastors, and they were talking about the event that had taken place. And uh, you know, the pastors had different things to say, and uh, pastors always like to analyze stuff, you know. <laughs> but I told them in a very simple, and I guess it shocked some of them because they asked me. They said, "Explain what you just said." I told them. Pride goes before a fall. You know, if you have pride going, guess what behind, what's behind pride? A fall and destruction. If it's there, you're coming down. Once you have allowed it into your heart, if you are up, you're coming down. And if you don't come down, God is a liar. It's true. You're coming down. In whatever form it is in your life, you're coming down. Because God doesn't like that. Especially, He doesn't like that in His children. Because He cannot do work with you when that is in there. He just cannot. You defeat His purposes for your life when that is. That's what Proverbs 16 verse 18 tells us. Pride goes before destruction. <laughs> and a hurry spirit before a fall. You know, arrogant spirit. It's me, 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 you know, I'm smart, and I'm I'm good. I can play that ball real good, you know. And you see the destruction. No, God doesn't get any glory. You see the destruction is going to come after you. We've seen men achieved, and then they came down altogether, destroyed. And you wonder what happened. Me, 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 I. I'm not talking about false humility. I've heard testimonies where people are saying, it's not me, it's the Lord. But really in your heart, it's me. And God sees it. It's like a guy, a lady that said, you know, listen to this singing. I don't have a great voice. I have a horrible voice. But I don't want you to listen to this, this, the way I sing. Just listen to the words. And then the guy went to him afterward and said, boy, the words were great. But boy, you're, you're a lousy singer. And she got mad. Because all she was doing was lowering her expectation. So they would praise her, but the guy didn't see that. That's not what we're talking about. It's humility in the heart that God sees. When it's there, 
people will see it. It's like lighting a candle. Jesus said, you know, you don't light a candle and put it on a bushel. A city set on a hill, right, cannot be hid. When God sees it, he puts you up and everyone will see it. And when there is pride, God sees it, everyone will see the result as well. You're coming down or you're going up, depending on what you entertain in your life. Pride goes before a fall. Look at what it says in James chapter 4 verse 6. But he gives more grace. God wants to give more grace. Therefore he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Now, you can't do anything as a Christian, or live as a Christian, or be successful with God without his grace. But when there is pride in your life, God will resist you. That means you have no grace. And when you have no grace, you will suffer disgrace. You need grace to be on on top. But when there is pride, the grace that will launch you to your place on top, God will take away and then God himself begins to resist you. How can you make it if God is resisting you? You're going nowhere. You can fast and pray. You're wasting your time. God is resisting you. Humility of the heart before God is such a is a priceless thing before the Lord. He requires that for your destiny. He requires it's a divine requirement for your great future. You have to have it. And if you feel that we feel otherwise, you need to go to the Lord. And he'll change you. Tell him, God, I need you to change me. This thing is very subtle. You won't even know it's coming. You won't even know it's there. You think that everything is still the same way. But you see, God has already seen it. And then he'll begin to walk on it because he doesn't want it in you. He stops his program. He holds his program for your life. And so he's going to get it out of you. One way or the other, he'll get it out of you. So he can bless you. And you can help him to get it out if you go to him quickly. <laughs> Amen. Go to him quickly and say, God, you know, I don't want this. I want to go. Amen. Now look, you know the story of Nebuchadnezzar? And he said, see all this great work. Babylon, how great is your own, I mean, the kingdom of the world then, you know. He says, my own hands and might have done all of this. And God turned him into an animal that same day. That's how serious pride is in the sight of God. You're coming down. And Nebuchadnezzar himself, he testified it was my pride that did this to me. God will turn you into an animal, or any area of your life into an animal, when there is pride. He doesn't tolerate this. You know of the story of Herod. I'm going to read the scripture it's in Acts chapter 12, verse 21 through 23. It says, So on a set day, Herod arrayed in, a royal, in royal apparel and sat on his throne and gave an oration to the people. To them. 
And the people kept shouting, The voice of a God, not of a man. Then immediately an angel of the Lord struck him, because he did not give glory to God. And he was eaten by worms and died. This was the same Herod that had killed some of the apostles, right? God didn't kill him for that. He persecuted the church. I'm not sure if this was the same Herod, possibly the same Herod with Jesus and all of that, John the Baptist, all of those. But God did nothing with him until this one event. And the people were saying, not the voice of a man, the voice of God. Nobody heard God saying anything about that, but he received it. In his heart, he received it. And God saw it. And God says in Isaiah 48, 11, I will not share my glory with anyone. And he was receiving the glory that was reserved for God and God alone. And God says, this is the end of it, son. This is it. The others have overlooked. But this, you're going nowhere with this. You're coming down with worms too. That's how serious this matter is. We have, have to learn to be very humble before our God. You have to realize in everything that you're doing, anything that God is doing in your life is not about you. Especially if you belong to Him. You just think it's about you. It's not about you. If He's going to give you an airplane, it's not about you. It's about His kingdom. I think a pastor confessed of that when we were in Atossa. God told him to buy an airplane. He says, no way, because he didn't want the persecution. And he kept arguing. And God said, oh, I see where you're going with this. You think this is all about you, right? It's not about you. When you think it's all about you, your, your attitude will change. That means there's something not right in your heart. That pastor repented immediately because he knew what he was doing. It's not about you. It's about the kingdom of God. You always have to have that in your heart. The Ark Fellowship will do without good luck. I guarantee you. I know that. I, I'm fully convinced about that. God planted this. Right? I know God did. So I can take my hands off it. The Ark Fellowship will do without good luck. I know that. Especially will do without uh, the rest of them. He'll do without anyone. I'm glad I've said it often. I know I can travel and God is doing great things here. Because it's not good luck, you know. Ministers are deceived when God is doing great things that they think is something in them that's doing it. And the Bible says it's not you. First Corinthians chapter 4 verse 7, it says, what, why are you acting like you know, you're so special, different from the rest of them? He said, what did you, what do you have that you did not receive? You didn't birth yourself. You didn't create your own DNA. God did it. You were not even aware when you were in the womb when God was fashioning you. Now you're up and he's fashioning all those things in you. And you think it's you. I'm so smart. I'm so good. I'm so hardworking. Forget you. He's the Lord. And now it's you. God is walking through you. Right? But you have to give him glory. Knowing that you didn't create yourself. But once you begin to think that there is something special about you. There is something about you that is making this happen. And you begin to look inward. God says, "Uh uh-uh, we have a strange animal in him now. 
He doesn't work with God that way. You better, this is the reason we need to learn. Once God has made you, usually He does that after He's worked with you to humble you. He knows you will stay that way. If you maintain it, you will continue to fly. But the day you begin to entertain some pride, uh, some of you will begin to lose some of your feathers. And it will be hard to fly. That's just the way God is. Humility is a divine requirement. Not before men, but before God. It's not what is before Him. He sees the heart. Why does he require humility? Why? I'm glad that you asked that question. (laughs) So I will try to answer the question. I'm going to be reading a lot from uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8. Because you can see what God is trying to say to us. And how we dealt with the people in the Old Testament. If you don't understand what's happening in the New Testament, the Bible says we have the shadow in the Old Testament. The New Testament is the real deal, the real thing. But the Old Testament is the shadow. Sometimes people don't understand the real thing. They should go back to the shadow and learn from the shadow. Look at what the Word of God says. In Philippians... Let's check here. In Deuteronomy, actually, chapter 8, verse 2. It says, And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you, to know what is in your heart, to know what was in your heart. So that's worse, that's before. What was in your heart, whether you will keep his commandments or not. So what did God do? For 40 years, he was taking them through the, he took them through the wilderness for 40 years, trying to get one thing in them, humility. You want to read with me? It says, and you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the, all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you. <laughs> we put comma there, but you see, it's straight. To humble you and test you. So he's trying to humble them. Because he has a purpose for them, for their future. They need humility to get to their future. Until they are humbled, and they have humility in them, and they've been t- tested, and God knows their heart, they are not getting into that promised land. No, you're not getting there. You need Humility. To get to your promised land. That's what God is saying here. To test you. To see if you will obey. Now if you read for that. Verse 3. So he humbled you. Allowed you to hunger. And fed you with manna. Which you did not know. Nor did your fathers know. Why? That he might make you know. That man shall not live by bread alone, not by your own strength, and all of that stuff, by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. 
I don't want you to depend on your own abilities. I don't want you to depend on your own wisdom. What I want from you is to humble yourself to the point where you totally rely on what God says. Whether it makes sense or not, doesn't matter. Whether what's happening around you makes sense or not, it doesn't matter. God said it, He settles it for me. Humility. Until you're humble, you won't trust God's word, you'll keep finding reasons why not. You will lean on your own understanding, you will analyze this stuff, and you'll try to work it out by yourself. You think you're trying to do whatever you can and using your own wisdom, you won't trust in Him. And that's what they didn't do. So for 40 years, he was working on them. Bring humility into their lives. That he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone. But man lives. You live. You will make it on earth. The only way you will make it when it's a live. It's not like just eating something so that you can stay alive. You want to make it on earth? Yeah, you will do that only by the word. So I suffered you. I allowed you to go through this hunger in your life to humble you. When there is pride, God will allow things to come in. Some form of hunger. And it won't live until you're humbled. Notice you read everything. There was never one place there that says God will bring sickness on you, right? So God doesn't humble us with sickness. That's not God. But he humble you with hunger, some form of hunger. Hunger, maybe troubles in your business, maybe troubles in your family, your relationship at home, maybe troubles in your employment, whatever it is, maybe troubles in your car, whatever it is, it is going to give you some problems in your life, some form of hunger till you learn that you cannot rely on yourself and your own abilities to carry you through, you need Him. And it has to be total. If you want to be exalted, it has to be total dependence. He said, I fed you manna. So something you have no control over. You know? Your own bread, you know, when it, they didn't have any control over manna, right? It fell, and if it didn't work, God said, no, they didn't fall. <laughs> Their lives were dependent on the manna. They die without the manner, right? They had no control. I fed you manner. The reason, just to make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Look at what it says, verse 4. So when I did this to you, your garments did not wear out on you. See? <laughs> As God is feeding you with manna. And is giving you that drink. Your garment did not wear out. Nor did your foot swell these 40 years. Amen. Why he's working this thing in your life? To develop true humility before God. For us, for some people, he may take a short time. <laughs> You don't have to stay too long in the wilderness. But for some others, it may take 40 years in the wilderness. <laughs> I really don't want two days is enough for me. 
Amen. But while he's doing it, in feeding you with manna, you won't suffer, your feet will not swell. I took care of you. So the Lord, listen to what it says. You should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord your God chastens you. The hunger and all of that, that's some kind of thing to help you come to the place of humility. And he keeps saying it. I fed you manna, verse 2, I fed you manna to humble you. I made you hunger to humble you. And you can read through the whole chapter. To humble you, to humble you. All he's trying to do is take your eyes off you to him. It's not about you. It's about his kingdom. And when you know that, that it's about his kingdom, then you seek first that kingdom of God with everything you have. And the manna will fall upon your life. Amen. That's all it takes. God requires that. What is the end result if, you, if God has humbled you? I firmly believe once you have got, gotten to the place where you are truly humbled before God, I mean in the sight of God, certain things will begin to happen in your life. That's the truth. God says, lest... Deuteronomy 8, beginning from 12. Lest when you have eaten and have full, when you humble yourself before God, you will eat. And before, the hunger will be gone, you know? See, I suffered you to hunger, <laughs> but when you trust and you are humble, you will eat and you will be full. And have built beautiful houses. See, God is not opposed to you building beautiful houses. He wants you to build beautiful houses. He said, when, not if. Can you get the word? Read it. When you eat and are full. When you build beautiful houses. God is God's blessings after you have been humble for you to be able to build beautiful houses. But he says, don't put your heart to it. Remember, it's for me. Don't ever allow your heart to get back again in pride. Because if you do, you'll lose everything again. Simple. So the hunger that you may be going through in your life is God trying to humble you, maybe in certain areas, not to trust in your own wisdom, but go right back to God's word. Even if it makes sense or not, stay with the word. Stay with the word. Humble yourself with the word. Oh God, they take delight. Every time a man hears this word and acts on it, you've blessed God. He said, God said, did you see how? When he says, when you fear before his word, how this man humbled himself before me, because he had the word from God, he bowed his head, a wicked king. And God said, go tell him, because he humbled himself to me, before me today, I'm not going to do that to him. That's King Ahab. I'm not going to do that in his time. I, I wait. Lest when you have eaten and are full, and when you've built beautiful houses and dwell in them, see, you dwell in them. And when your herds and your flocks multiply, you know what that means? Your businesses will multiply. That's the truth. I don't care about what these preachers are saying out there, God will bless you more if you don't have it. That's a lie. Look at what the scripture says. This is the shadow. 
Amen. This is the shadow. And God will bless you. Your flocks will multiply. And it says your silver and your gold. Are multiplied. And all that you have is multiplied. Everything. That's what God wants. God says less. The, the reason why less is says don't put your heart to it. Because all these things are going to happen. And if they happen, don't allow it. So that pride comes in. Where you think I am the one that's, I'm so smart. I'm the one that's doing it. Because when you do that, then we have trouble now. But once you're humble. He wants you to have this. He had dealt with them and now it's time for them to have all these things. And God was concerned and he kept warning them, please, don't you ever go back there. Remember me. You got it from me. Remember, you were in Egypt. You got nothing. When you go into this land, you're going to be having all of these good things. Don't forget that it all came from me. Don't get, don't receive a big hand where you think I'm the one that's doing it. Because if that happens, I'll humble you again. Till you learn your lesson. That's what God is saying. We must always remember. We need to know what to remember. So he says less. When? Verse 14. When your heart is lifted up. And you forget the Lord your God. Who brought you out of the land of Egypt. From the house of bondage. Who led you through that great and terrible wilderness. I led you through that. In which were fiery serpents and scorpions and and thirsty land where there was no water. Who brought water for you out of the flint rock? Who fed you in the wilderness? Again he goes back with manna. Which your fathers did not know. How? That he might humble you. See? He goes right back to it. And that he might test you. To what? End. To do you good in the end. Amen. To do you good in the end. When you are humbled, he does you good in the end. No humility, you won't find good. Humility is so important before God. It doesn't matter where you are today. If you make up your mind and you repent and say, God, I, by your grace, as you open my eyes, I will make myself not humble before men, humble before God. To lie about yourself is no humility. Jesus didn't say, I am not the son of God, just to be humble, right? He knew who he was. But you are humble before God. He'll do you good. Amen. That's all he's after. To do you good in the end. When I'm through with all this stuff about humility, you got it now. I'll take away the hunger. I'll take away the want. And I'll prosper you. You will start building houses. Amen. May God help you build houses and beautiful houses in Jesus' name. As you receive the word and as you practice it, may God turn your captivity around and begin to bless you so that your, your house is full with his goodness. Your, your business multiply. And you are blessed greatly by the Lord. Deuteronomy 8 verse 17 and 18 it says the same chapter then you say in your heart this is a warning my power and might this is where we're going the might of my hands had gained me this wealth see God wants you to have wealth he just doesn't want wealth to have you 
where you think you are the one that's doing it. There is a reason why he's putting it in your hand. Some Christians are so humble, they don't even want that wealth. They know better. They know better than God. God says in his word, through prosperity, my kingdom will be spread abroad. He wants to put that in your, in your hand. Not about you, but for his kingdom. That's the difference. But if you're ready, say, God, put it through me. I'm, hum- I- I'm not going to do anything. Just put it through me. What have you that you did not receive? You receive it so you can give it away. Amen. Then you shall say, my power and the might of my hand had gained me this wealth. And you shall remember the Lord your God. For it is he who gives you power to get wealth. Why would God give you power to get something that he hates? See? Why would God give you power? All these ministers talking about all this crazy stuff. He's a prosperity teacher. I just don't listen to them. I don't know better than them, but what I know is what I'm going to stay. I would rather listen to God than to listen to the greatest preacher in the land that tells me something that is contrary to what God says. You don't pick and choose what you want from the word. Humility means you accept everything that God is saying to you. Whether it makes sense to you or not. Amen. He says, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. Why? That he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. You see, you need humility that will bring wealth into your life for the covenant to be established in your life. Amen. You need it. You won't have the covenant fully established in your life until there is humility. But you can start today and people may mock and laugh at you and say, well, look at him. But you know what the word says. Your tomorrow is going to be very bright. I've always believed that. And I've said it here. I will not depend solely, you know, looking to the Ark Fellowship for my future. God is going to open doors for my life. And I'm not, you know, when I hear people say something, if it's to me, yeah, he's very humble. You really frighten me. I don't want to hear it from men. It's okay. I'll thank you for it. But I, I, I want what you're saying to be true before God. Amen. And if it's true, God, men will see it, right? That's right. But I need to be sure this is right before my God. That's where it counts, before God. If you're not humble, it shows in the way you talk to people. Yeah? He'll show in the way you regard people. The proud look, God sees it. The way you carry yourself, God sees it. He'll tolerate it with the world. They are not his children, but not with his people. He doesn't want that in them. He wants them to be like his son. Come unto me. Learn from me. Learn from me. I am gentle, meek, lowly, in heart. 
Amen. That's where we need to be. We must honor God with everything. Proverbs 3, and I'm going to close with this. Verse 5 through 10. Trust in the Lord with some of your heart. <laughs> I just wanted to see if you guys were asleep. <laughs> <Something like that. laughs> Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. You know why God is saying that? Because there are certain circumstances that will come into your life. It doesn't make sense. That's not what you prayed for. You understand what I'm saying? Why am I going through this? You see, trust is different from faith. Amen. Trust is different from faith. Faith is, yes, I know God is going to do it. I know he can do it. Yes, just pray for me. Right? Great is that faith. But trust is relying on God when things don't make sense. Amen. And refusing to give up. Even though it doesn't make sense. But not some of your heart, God is saying. All of your heart. That's humility. You see, Jesus did that with his father. You can hear it in his statement. He said, this, the father's working till now, and I'm doing the same thing. The son can do nothing of himself, right? Only what he sees the father doing. He says, what the father does, that's what the son does. He just doesn't rely on himself. That's humility. He's trusting in his father. Whether it makes sense or not. Last Sunday I talked about him coming to the pool of uh, Bethesda. You remember? He healed one man and walked away. And when they questioned him, he says, I saw my father doing it, so I did it. And I saw my father healing just one man. So I healed one man and I took off. But what we say, Jesus healed everybody. No, he didn't. He did what he saw his father doing. Healed the one man and he left. He relied fully on his father. I did the work that you've given me to do. And I finished it. I glorify your name on the earth. He says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. I know you can acknowledge the Lord in all your ways if you are going out. That's for the young people to buy some cocaine, you know. <laughs> Lord, I acknowledge you. I'm going to buy this now. You know you can do that. <laughs> I'm going to be with my boyfriend tonight. Lord, I acknowledge your way. Now you know you can do that. That's why the Lord says, acknowledge him in all of your ways. All of them. And then he will direct your paths. Not just one path. Many paths. Amen. He directs your path. You know he's directing, but you can see him. You see? But he's walking things. And he doesn't make sense, but you're trusting him. With all of your heart. And he's directing them. Because you're trusting him. Even though the path doesn't make sense, you, you, you're trusting him with all of your heart, right? And so you're taking those paths that don't make sense. But you're trusting him, right? And he's blessing you. That's what he's saying. He will direct your path. Do not be wise. In your own eyes. This is a commandment, you know. Don't be smart in your own eyes. Don't do that. That's what God is saying. Fear the Lord. 
Depart from evil. He says, when you do all of this, he said, it will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruit of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Honoring the Lord. See, I've had people, you know, Christians that argue with me. They said, well, we don't believe in tithe. And I said, that's good. I agree with you. If you don't believe, you think it's in the Old Testament. I don't believe that. But if since you said that, that's fine with me. But the word of God says, honor the Lord. He's speaking to every man, right? And you need to understand that the Old Testament, I mean, the New Testament people didn't have the New Testament with them. Paul didn't have a New Testament book in his hand. You remember? He didn't have it. What Paul read as scripture was the Old Testament, right? <laughs> and he preached from the Old Testament and confirmed with the New Testament what God, uh, what God was doing in Christ and through Christ. He used the Old Testament to confirm what was happening. And the, beside that, tithing was before the law. And Paul said, you cannot rule out Anything that was before the law through because Jesus had put away the law. It was before the law, so we obeyed God's word. But this is what I say to them. If you don't believe in tithing, and this message is not about tithing, because I am really after something, I want God to bless you financially. Based on his word. He will. If you don't believe in tithing in the New Testament, well, Jesus said, you have heard, that in the old in old times that you know you should not uh, commit adultery right but i say i say to you if you look at a woman and lost after her in your heart you've already committed adultery in the old testament you can do all of that looking hey as long as you don't do it physically you're okay in the New Testament, no, you need more. You are required to do more in the New Testament. So if you don't believe in tithing in the New Testament, you can't give less than a tenth of your income. If you really believe in the New Testament way, then you should do more than the tenth. If you don't believe in tithing, that's the minimum you should go. If you don't, then guess what you're doing? You are leaning on your own understanding. You've said the word, and you are proud. Thinking you are going through some kind of biblical doctrine, you're proud. And God sees it, and after he's warned you for a while, you're coming down. That's just the way it is. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruit of your increase. If you really honor God and you obey His word, all of these things will be there. It won't be difficult for you to do this. And then God says the end result is you will have plenty. So we need plenty from the Lord. God wants you to have plenty. He wants your business to grow. And that's, his God, that's God's will. But the key is humility. Would you stand up with me this morning? I believe that message like this is coming to us for a purpose. Because 
God wants to prosper us. I am just a preacher, not a prosperity teacher, not preacher, not a healing preacher, just a preacher from the word. I, this is the book I live by. And this is the book that must be proclaimed. God wants you to have. Anybody who tells you otherwise is a liar. They are not telling you the truth. But you cannot have a blessing, a promotion coming from God unless you humble yourself before his word. Humility is what it takes. It's not about you. It's about the Lord. If you haven't accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, that means if you have not totally given everything to the Lord Jesus, that means you are still relying on yourself. And you're thinking there is something pleasant out there that you can gain before you make that commitment. You're wasting time. I wish somebody told me what I know today when I was just two. <laughs> you need Christ in your life and you need to give everything to him. How many of us this morning want to humble ourselves before God totally and give everything? Let me just put your hands up. Every one of us. If you will humble yourself before God and you hold nothing back, you want to serve Him, if you don't know Him as Lord and Savior, you want Him with all of your heart. And if you do that, God will begin to pour manna upon your life. There will not be an end. Father, you see your people today. Behold your servants. Those that are calling upon your name. Those that truly love you. Lord, we seek humility that comes from our God. We need it. It's more precious than bread. It's more precious than water. Even more than the air that we breathe. We need God. Speak to our hearts today. Deposit humility in our hearts. We repent of any and every pride in our life anything that's lifting itself against the knowledge of God we put down this morning and we receive you fully into our lives thank you Lord because we know from this very day because we have accepted your word we will eat and be full the hunger will go away. The want will go away. In the name of Jesus, we will build beautiful houses. In Jesus' name. Our businesses will multiply and become healthy. I speak that upon your life today in Jesus' name. Your silver and your gold will multiply by the power of the name of Jesus. Because we have humbled ourselves before our God. Lord, we give you praise. We give you glory. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy upon us. We are just flesh and blood. Sometimes we make mistakes. But you are a merciful God. You are a kind God. You're good to us. You bring these things to us so we can see and know. And know how to walk. Now, Father, we pray. Make us lie down. Make us to lie down in green pastures. Lead us in the paths of righteousness. Take us to, to that still water. 
so that we can have rest in you. We love you. And we're so grateful that Jesus, that you love us. And Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your great love that made Jesus available to us so that we can have life and have it more abundantly. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen.